Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. song Led Zeppelin. Welcome back everybody. Bob Stoffer at Rogers Place in Ice District after spending the last five days down in Bakersfield, California. And that is uh, where we are going to go next as we head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino. And we are joined by our headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. He is the interim head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. You'll be hearing him a lot on uh, Mondays or Tuesdays here on Oilers Now. The Condors have four games in the next six days. We welcome to the show Colin Chalk. Colin, how you doing? Doing very well. Uh, we're, I'm happy to be here. So I'm, I'm glad that you got to enjoy some nice weather for the past five days. Yeah, uh, you were. You, you thought I was bad luck though after the uh, the game on Friday, as I recall. So you're giving it. Yeah, you definitely were. Uh, you, now, do you, are you a superstitious guy, Colin? No, no, I, I'm not. I'm really not. And that's uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, but you know, if you, if you can. You want to be good and lucky, and you can be both. So we're glad that uh, we're glad we got both now that you're uh, you're, you're back in, in oil country. There we go. All right. Uh, well, it was nice meeting, uh, getting to meet you, and I, I met John Anderson once before. Uh, pretty, uh, you know, personal observation. There is a, a, and I'll use the word program because I came out of the University of Alberta where we had the best athletics program in the country. It wasn't even close. The only sport we didn't win in was football, and that's because you need the most kids in football. We couldn't get everybody into school. But, you know, one in all the other major sports, and it was a program. And I look at what's going on in Bakersfield, and I'm wondering if that's initially what kind of enticed you because I know you had other coaching options, but to join Jay Woodcroft's staff in Bakersfield because of the, the sort of, template that Ken Holland envisioned and then the execution that Keith Gretzky and Jay and Dave Manson had uh, put in place in, in Bakersfield with some of the core veterans. Uh, absolutely. You know, the, the mix of, of core veterans, as you say, and then uh, the prospects that uh, have been proven to be able to uh, be draft picks and then come up and contribute as, uh, as Edmonton Oilers, uh, you know, the recipe is, has proven, you know, uh, to be successful. So, you know, that was that was really, really att- attracting to me to come and learn and, and, and to see how they do business. And, you know, it, it, it's been a great experience so far. You spent some time in the Ottawa organization uh, in the EC. And in the American Hockey League, uh, and you've been a head coach obviously before. Uh, who was the when when, you, when Jay got the call and Jay and uh, Dave Manson came up? Who were the first people you called uh, uh, when you told them that you were going to be the interim head coach? I uh, gave uh, gave uh, well my family of course for sure you know and um, you know was my my wife and. And my sister and my mom, they were, um, you know, mixed mixed emotions because there's been uh, some health issues uh, with right. my family at home. So it was, you know, it was, it was an overwhelming um, uh, feeling of, of being thankful. And then all the sacrifices that your family's made, 
and uh, and you've made personally, and and you're you're just you're just excited to to go in and, and be over ready and over ripe, and uh, so th- those are the first uh, first calls that I made. Colin, uh, it, you were a pretty good major junior player. Uh, I think you played four or five seasons in the OHL. And you played as a minor, a minor pro, and it's, it's funny because I've had this conversation uh, with a, a couple guys that got time for analytics. And when they look at players that can make the jump from the ECHL to the AHL and be potential NHL players, one of the things they look for is penalty minutes because it's a reflection upon compete and willingness to do things that other players aren't necessarily willing to do. So if you could educate our listeners. Is there somebody that was in Bakersfield or maybe is currently in Edmonton that stylistically you probably played the closest to during your junior career or your minor pro career? Yeah, it's a great, great question. And I, I would say, you know, uh, Brad Malone is someone that I, I feel like we were, you know, I was, I was, I played at a lower level, but that kind of, that veteran presence. We were both centermen, uh, leadership capabilities. Um, you know, played a 200 foot game and, and just kind of uh, uh, loved that inner drive. Loved loved being around the game. Uh, loved being a part of the older guys. Also loved hanging around the younger guys. So, but then also had a little bit of bite to him. Had a little bit of uh, um, a little bit of snap to him. And you know, it's been really, really, really great to see him uh, evolve and get better each year. And then you know, now have some time in the NHL. You were telling me on uh, Saturday as we were watching uh, the first two periods of the Oilers games off our phone against Tampa Bay because the bar didn't have the game. Uh, but you're, you're you're telling me that you had a fight every year that you played in junior and every year that you played uh, pro until you were 35 years of age. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, I, I just I, I feel like it's. Um you know, as a as a scorer or a two way player, you can only take so much, right? And yep. it's, uh, at some point, you have to stand up for yourself. Now, it doesn't mean that I was a a, a overly a tough player. That was not not my role, but. You know, as a player, it's so much easier to lead because you can block a shot or you can, you know, you see Connor McDavid score two great goals and, like, it's like, hey, follow me. You know, it's uh, the amazing skill and, and speed and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's uh, as a player, you can, you know, drop the gloves once in a while and show that you're in. You have some, whereas as a coach, it's, it's, a, it's a different style of leadership. So I just felt like that was important that, um, you know, that you had that blue collar and, and you know, it's nice to be like, collar as well but you had that blue collar mindset and not be afraid to, to mix it up when when the time was right we're joined by bakersfield condors interim coach colin chalk bob stoffer with you on orders now colin as a coach do you coach to score the next goal or do you coach to stop the next goal from being scored Great, great question. You know, and you, you talk about. Uh, I'm sure lots of people watched the uh, the last dance. You know, going through a pandemic, and it was a popular, popular series. And you think about Michael Jordan of playing every game zero zero, and every moment being zero zero. So, you know, yeah, you know, do I love offense? Yes, but you know, you're you're not sacrificing uh, your defense for your offense. So, you know, I believe in 200 foot hockey. I believe in stopping on pucks, and I believe on being hard in the D zone. I believe in hard to beat. So. You know, uh, 
you know, we want to score. We want to be on the offensive zone, but it doesn't mean that we're not sacrificing uh, defense for that. So it's it's playing the right way, I, I, I would say. So I, if I answer that question, I can't say we're trying to stop the next goal or score the next goal. We're playing the right way. When you do those things, offensive opportunities happen. So we, uh, I saw you guys play on Friday, and I'm going to suggest that it might have been, you know, one of your flattest performances of the year. Now, I, I, I'm the eternal optimist, you know. 14 years of doing color for the Oilers. I believe that there's a base here that, that's going to eventually win. And, and in fact, I think that the team's heading in the right direction here down the stretch. I, I really like what I'm seeing. And once Nugent Hopkins comes back, I think that the coaches are, are pretty comfortable with the forwards that they got. The team's just got to get healthy. Uh, but I tend to look things from a positive perspective. Uh, teaching moments for sure in the loss the other night. But what do you do to ensure that the messaging isn't too negative when you guys have the type of performance where you have a lot of guys that aren't going? Yeah, I, I tell you, uh, San Diego, uh, we liked our start. You know, we outchanced them in the first period. Uh, we had about 12 chances. And then the second and third period, we didn't have anything. We really didn't. And, uh, you know, we had an off day after that. And we came in on Sunday. And, you know, my style is, you know, we all know it's, 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 uh, we, we all know that you, you being there was, was not great. And the effort wasn't there. The compete wasn't there. Right. So uh, the, the video in the meeting was, we talked about that and said, you know, we know that that's not who we are. And the good thing is, is we haven't shown that at all this year. So uh, it's about us. And, and we talked about it and we showed images and clips of, of, of the things that we do well and the things that we need to do and, and what we need to focus on. And then we went out and had a hard practice and there was individual compete and there was, uh, there was some systematical play. And then we're on to the next one. You know, uh, good or bad. So uh, that was the message. And then, you know, then the proof is, is, you know, does it work tonight? Right. And then we'll go from there. Four games in six days for the Bakersfield Condors. Colin, you have uh, John Anderson, you know, a veteran NHL head and assistant coach of a prolific, like a legendary minor pro coach from his time with the Chicago Wolves. For you, uh, as a, a little bit younger guy, mid forties, what's you know what's it been like having a guy like John come in with that breadth of experience to help support you? I think that's you know it, it's the experience part, right? And and just you know bouncing things off him, you know understanding uh, you know what his strengths are, right? And and I feel like for his eye and his ability to make adjustments, uh, that I think that's been uh, that's been the part that we've enjoyed the most. In the beginning, it was a little tough getting him up to speed and you know showing him the way we do things and how we're what we're about and all that kind of stuff. But that's that, that's a, a normal adjustment that that's made. Um, but we feel like now we we understand uh, what the expectations are for for each other as far as staff and players, and you know we're just excited to to get going on these last twenty games down the stretch run. Colin, typically uh, the defense has a former defenseman as a coach. You know, John's a five-time 30-plus goal scorer in the NHL, so he knew how to beat defensemen. But he's in charge of your D right now. A uh, little bit different perspective in that regard. Yeah, I, I think, you know, as John coaching at all levels, uh, you know, being a head coach, being an assistant coach, you, you're, you know, you dabble in all different areas, right? And, and for me as well as a, as a head coach before, when I, I got my first start as a, as a centerman, I, I coached the D. So it, it gives you a different perspective. And I, I believe the mindset you have to have is exactly what you said. He's a, you know, a 30-goal scorer. And it's what are the things that you did 
to achieve those offensive opportunities, right? And how did you expose people? Well, now you're you're you're, you're flipping it, and you need to defend it. So it's it's been it's been interesting uh, meetings, and and then which way we want to go, and how we how we uh, we coach the defenseman on those fine details. So that that's always been always been fun here the last few weeks in, in the coach's office for sure. Before we relay the message to the players. So, Colin, for part of the last three and a half years that we did with this with Jay Woodcroft, we we focused the players. We're going to do that right now for the next couple minutes, and and we're going to get to two guys that recently signed NHL deals for the next couple of years. Because I liked what James Hamlin brought you Friday. He worked. He grinded. I don't know if he's, you know, I mean, you don't sign a guy that's on a minor pro deal to an NHL, or, you know, on an AHL deal to an NHL deal unless you don't think he can't help you down the road. He's certainly got the work ethic. So I want to ask you about. Hamlin and DeHarnay and what you've seen uh, in their growth during the course of this season that's enabled them to get in place where they can get themselves NHL contracts. Well, Hamlin, you know, he's, he's Mr. Do-It-Right. And, and what I mean is that it's his decision-making, it's his hockey IQ, and he's always above the puck. He's, he's, he stops on the puck. He competes real hard. Uh, yes, he's he's uh, he's an undersized player, and he has good speed, and you know he scored a lot at the major junior level. You know, but it's the things he does away from the puck. And I think as a young player, you think about you know all the skills and all the touches you have. Or you know, you know the high level players only have the puck a couple of minutes, if that, in the game. So it's what James does does away from the puck, uh, and why he's so um, effective for our team. You know, with 15 goals and very limited power play time, um, he's doing it again. Uh, harder competition. He's doing an even strength, and I think um, from the long-term plan for him to be able to be a player that can be in the bottom six or maybe be inserted in different areas. I think he's 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 such a um, uh, an important piece that you can kind of put him on wing, you can put him at center, and he, he's done all those things. So, uh, person he is, he's a wonderful person, very very coachable, wants to get better, wants to learn, and he's just been uh, been fantastic to to get to know. And Vincent Deherney. Vinny, what, what what a great story! You know, ECHL, and I, uh, you know, someone that I gravitated to right away because we kind of came from a little bit of the same same mold, right? You started at the bottom, and you're here, and you're climbing, and you know, for for him now to be, you know, just a shutdown D man that you know has um, has some really good poise and some really good savvy on the offensive zone blue line. Like he's made some passes and he's hit some seams. How quickly that puck comes on a stick and off the stick, you know, under a situation, a shot off the pass, uh, you know, but then also the size that he has and the toughness and his plus minus speaks for himself. And again, the plus minus is against the best lines in the league, you know, against the top players on every team. He's been assigned to shut down night after night. So, um, you know, just a great story to see him earn an NHL contract and, you know, the conversation with him is it's great. Now your work has just begun, you know, so, but great, great person and couldn't be happier for him. Bakersfield Condors interim head coach. Colin Chalk Bob Stoffer with you. Uh, Colin, the guy I got asked when people found out I was down there, the, the via, you know, reached out to me via Twitter and direct message and that sort of thing. They wanted to know about Dylan Holloway. Um, you know, obviously the fans are well aware he's not had one but two wrist surgeries. Those are challenging to come back from. Vancouver's just lost Patterson again with a little bit of a tweak. He's, he, of course, had the wrist surgery. Uh, 
I think uh, 21 games played so far for Holloway. He's got six goals and, and 12 points. Um, I'd like to get your assessment what you're seeing with the player. Uh, you know, when Dylan first came back, uh, you know, Jay and, and Dave were still here. And, you know, he was he came out of the gate just hot. First couple games on the puck, buzzing. And we were like, wow, we got ourselves a player. And then then he kind of, he had a little bit of a regression. And, you know, part of it was he hadn't played, right? And he had some habits that uh, needed some correction. And that was, you know, my role uh, because of being an assistant coach, working with the forwards. I tell you, he's he's a coachable young man. He's got great skill, and and, and his inner drive to want to be a high-level player is there. You know, whereas if it's a boat stopping on a puck or staying in a battle or your stick detail on a forecheck, he just looks you right in the eye and is like, okay, I got it. And then it's one thing if you say that you're going to do it, but then the next game, he, he tries right away to process it and put it into play. So, you know, um, he's like most young players now, they're visual. You got to show them, you got to teach them, you got to let them go and let them have some, some success, let them have some, some failure, rein them back in and help them. And so he's been, he's been really, really fun to work with. Um, you know, I think, unfortunately, uh, the game that you were at, it, it, you know, it, he, he's been so good up until that night. So it's, uh, you know, uh, he still did some good things. I still felt like they're line was uh, was good and had some offense but you know he's he's been he's a he's, he's playing hard he's doing the right things he just needs to can do it on a consistent basis and it'll be really really cool to watch this bro uh busy week for you guys four and six including a couple against stockton their big heavy team ontario is going to be down some defensemen uh, i think they're five guys out right now for the kings up top and the parent team but just a thought on the week ahead it's a tough week, you know, uh, but you, you look back to to what's gone on with this team, you know, with, uh, you know, how our star was, you know, the, the stretch that we had games of, of, uh, of, of being unbeaten and how hard it was, uh, you know, coaching changes, um, players going up, players going down, the road trip we had, San Jose, tough travel to Grand Rapids, back home, you know, it's almost like, uh, we kind of took our foot off the gas uh, last week, where we had a little bit of time off, and it almost—it was almost like the, the breath that we shouldn't have taken, you know. So, uh, why I like this four games and six nights is it's a kind of business as usual. We're a blue-collar team. We're hardworking. We're tough around the paint. Uh, we track pucks, and that's our mo. Uh, so, it's a tough challenge tonight. Uh, we know what we're up against, you know. But we've we've gone to overtime four times with this team, and you know we're right there with them, and we believe that uh, we're going to show that over the next two games set here. Colin, you gave us 20 minutes. Thanks for joining us here on Oilers Now. We'll talk next week. Thanks for having me, Bob. Have a great day. You bet. That's Colin Chalk. He's the interim head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. It is 151 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up Oilers Now after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Pizza, pizza, past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation Mediterranean chicken. To list day in Oilers history, it was a significant one. Uh, NHL record was tied on this date in Oilers history for New West travel. Just a couple spots left for a trip to Nashville, middle of April, $1,750. Reach out to newwesttravel.com 
For more information, here's Brendan Escott. All right, 1986, Paul Coffey scores two goals and has six assists for, yeah, eight points, which tied Tom Bladen's NHL record for most points by uh, a defenseman in a game. Those eight points helped the Oilers to a 12-3 win over the Red Wings at Northlands. Wow. How about this for the Red Wings? They're on the ice right now. Nick Letty, minus 31. Philip Ronick, minus 20. Ronick, uh, minus 76 the last three years. Zadina, 6th overall 2018, minus 23. Rasmussen, ninth uh, overall in 2017, minus 22. That's what happens. You're on a bad team, and you end up with a bad plus-minus. That's this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Again, uh, just a couple spots left for the trip to Smashville to Nash Vegas, $1,750. Visit newestravel.com. Here, uh, uh, Brendan, uh, what's Reed Wilkins got tonight on Inside Sports? I've got Kyler Yamamoto here and a Detroit Red Wings play-by-play voice, Ken Cal. All right, there you have it. That wraps up the Monday edition of Oilers Now. Tomorrow we'll have a full preview of the matchup between Edmonton and the Detroit Red Wings. Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing, Alberta. A reminder that live standard bed racing has moved to Century Downs Racetrack in Edmonton. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Uh, we will also uh, talk to Hart Levine from uh, Puckpedia to talk a bit about Edmonton Oilers' cap situation and... Uh, oh, a fluid situation might uh, bring on a former 50 goal score on tomorrow's show as well. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, then 6.30 chat afternoons from Jalen and I. Have a uh, magnificent Monday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chat.